Welcome to Episode 7, Get Off Our Lawn, the CF Masters Podcast. This week we have a very, very important topic and we have a couple of great friends and members of the group joining us. We're talking about mental health. You might ask, what does that have to do with CrossFit? And, and that's a great question because for a lot of folks, mental health has nothing to do with CrossFit. For a few of us, however, CrossFit is part of the puzzle that keeps us healthy, both mentally and physically. This week, Angela and I were incredibly lucky to have a couple of great guests to talk about this, Josh Inman and Deborah Gordon. Josh recently started the CF Master Strong Group on Facebook. This group is a forum where people can share their challenges with mental health, maybe see some folks in a similar situation, or just have an area to know that they're not alone. We also have Deborah Gordon, and Deborah is a longtime member of CF Masters. Deborah reached out, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago to ask if we could do a Get Off Our Lawn episode focused on mental health and depression. To be honest, it wasn't clear if we should cover this topic because it's very, very serious for people, and we wanted to make sure to do it justice, and we also wanted to make sure that we weren't coming across as telling people what they should do. We hope when you listen that we were able to walk that fine line. First off, and and we want to be really clear here, the reason we're doing this episode is to help, even in a minuscule way, to chip away at the stigma of mental health. And the other thing that's really important, if you or a person near you is contemplating suicide or self-harm, if you're in the United States, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. If you are not in the United States, and many of our listeners are not, please look for your local suicide prevention service. Many of these are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They'll listen. They can provide some suggestions for your local area. They can help. So please, if you or someone near you needs some help, do not hesitate to reach out to the appropriate people. Now, maybe a few of us grew up differently than the folks around me did, but most of us in our age group grew up in an era where mental health was shunned. It was shamed and it was kind of pushed into a corner. People who were depressed needed to suck it up or just get over it. I mean, uh, we, we never told a cancer patient, it's your fault, you know, if you'd taken better care of yourself, you wouldn't have gotten breast cancer or, or you wouldn't have diabetes or whatever. But we did tend to think that about mental health issues. And, and now is the time to change that. Mental health is health. So to reiterate one really critical item here, nothing in this episode is prescriptive. Josh and Deborah are here to share their experiences, where they are today, what got them here, things that they have done, how they manage their lives with their conditions. Angela and I also chip in a little bit of our own too. These are their stories as they have lived them. None of this information is meant to be used as treatment or therapy. It's really meant to say you're not alone. And this community is more than just thrusters and burpees. And thank God it's more than that. 
So if you have a mental health issue, please seek out a trained professional. And if you are thinking about self-harm, please call a local hotline. There are people that can help. We're here today to share that everyone can be susceptible to mental health issues, just like everyone can be susceptible to being in a car crash or getting a sinus infection. It's a medical condition. And please note that we're talking as friends here. We are not mental health professionals, and we don't know the right terms. And we might say the wrong thing. And please understand that everything we talk about is intended to come from a good place, If we mislabel a condition or if we use words that are no longer acceptable because we're old and we learned words in our youth, we are also open to learning. Let us know in the comments anything that you think we should have covered, anything that we covered incorrectly, let us know. We're here to listen. So for this podcast, as with all podcasts, please share this with anyone or any group you might uh, think would be interested. Uh, there's always someone out there that can uh, resonate with this type of topic. And relative to Get Off Our Lawn, please like. Please give us a five-star review on any uh, podcast app of choice. We appreciate that. And don't forget, mental health is health. Now, let's get started. We're talking about something that's really, really important. It's about mental health. And the thing I wanted to put up front before we even get into who we're talking to here is if you are considering suicide or you have a friend who is, there are services that are available for 24 hours a day that can help you. Um, If you're in the U.S., as I am, that number is 1-800-273-8255. And I'll repeat that. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and that is 1-800-273-8255. Please call them. They can help you in ways that this podcast will not. The other thing that's very, very important to us is that this is not a prescriptive discussion. This is a discussion with Josh and with Deborah, who have incredible stories to tell, but they're their stories. And the intent here is to break the stigma of mental health to be able to share some information and say, I can recognize this and it is a health issue because mental health is health. And let me kick it over a little bit here. So this is Ron and Angela, you want to say hi? Hi guys. Nice to uh, see you around on our podcast. And it's the first time that I've seen you people in virtual video. So you guys are all so much better looking than I thought you would be. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Um, Wait a minute. I just want to say, Josh, thank you so much for starting the CrossFit Strong group. Uh, What is it? Three weeks ago? Uh, I think maybe two weeks ago, actually. Okay. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. So, Josh, it's so funny that you started it right then. It was about before that that I had messaged Ron (laughs) about doing on stop. So, and then they went. Well, thank you. I thought it was amazing. Karma. So let's let's actually. Hey, that's a great dive into it. Um, we have Josh Inman, uh, Josh Inman, and Deborah Gordon on. Josh, a couple weeks ago, you reached out to the group and you said you'd like to discuss some of the uh, mental health challenges you've gone through. And uh, some folks suggested that uh, you maybe start a group around that. Can you give us some background? Um, who are you? Why did you reach out? And and what what did it take to actually 
put out there in public, something that a lot of folks tend to think is something you don't talk about. Mental health isn't something we talk about a lot. And I personally find that incredibly rude because no one looks at a cancer survivor and says, well, you got this yourself or just suck it up. I mean, it's like, go get chemo, go get help. So maybe um, you can give us a touch of background and, and how you got the courage to step forward. Oh, sure. Um, well, I've been thinking about this topic a lot. We, um, we don't speak a lot about mental health, especially where I grew up. Obviously, you can hear from my accent. This is a full New York accent. <laughs> uh, so where I grew up, um, I grew up in a small town in North Carolina. Uh, my dad and mom and, you know, the whole family, we lived on a big farm. And um, I guess grew up, I had an older brother. He uh, is now a doctor in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, a great ear, nose, ear, nose, and throat doctor. And we all played sports. We all did. You know, my mom was a school teacher. Um, I never made a B until I went to college. Uh, it just wasn't accepted in my house. Um, so I guess a little bit more of my background is that growing up, I, I, I think that everyone saw me as an all-American boy, um, someone that you know, made straight A's that was really good at sports. I played basketball in college. Um, you know, it's, it, it was one of those things to where anytime that something would happen or I felt like I was anxious or something, somebody always told me to suck it up that I needed or what they would say, man up, I guess, uh, around where I'm from. Um, and to be honest, it's just because I had no clue what was going on. Um, in a small Southern town, you don't speak of things like, like that. Um, certainly we weren't a, uh, super religious family, but I mean, growing up in the South, it's a little bit different when you go to church because they will call you out for pretty much anything <laughs> that you might do. Um, so, uh, I guess in college is when I recognized that, I guess, well, I blew out my knee. Um, and you know, I kind of had to, for the first time in my life, kind of face life without being what, I thought was, um, what everybody wanted me, wanted me to be. Um, so that's when, um, I guess my mental health issues kind of came to the forefront, you know, knowing what I know now, physical exercise, um, you know, getting plenty of vitamin D, uh, staying away from alcohol, you know, all those things, uh, hadn't been presented to me yet. Um, so once, you know, I figured out that I wasn't going to, you know, be a a uh, basketball player anymore or just any type of sports star, you know, it kind of was one of those things that um, I kind of fell into the rut. And I think a lot of us do this and this is very important to me as a coach too, because you can kind of tell when people start falling into the rut of, I wouldn't say self abuse abuse, but just, Oh, okay. I, I, I'm going to just go out and have a couple of drinks. Uh, That's how it started with me in, co in college. You know, I feel better when I drink. So I'll start doing that. Um, so basically, um, you know, that's kind of the path that I went down and I've hit a bottom point of where, you know, I finally needed some help and my parents finally, um, and they're so supportive now. They're great. My wife is my biggest cheerleader. Um, you know, they're so supportive now, but at the time they just didn't understand. And I think a lot of people don't understand what people like us go through and, for that long backstory, uh, the reason I started the group is I wanted to, I researched it and my wife and I talked about it. Uh, she's a very intelligent woman. She's, I don't know what, she, what she's doing with me. Um, but she, you know, she and I, we talked about, you know, kind of my struggles 
and I researched it and there's nothing out there like this for us. Um, and this is just a platform that I know that helped me um, with through CrossFit. Um, and I know a lot of us have already said that in the group that, you know, it helps us with this, but, you know, or what helps us, you know, a little bit, but a support group that can be helpful, you know, should exist. And that's the reason I started the group uh, per se. Um, it did take a lot, to be honest, it took a, a, it took a lot to admit what I admitted on social media, but at the same time, it didn't. I think it was more for me that I wanted to admit it because I think that we eventually in the group can help someone like my coach helped me. And so my little story, you know, doesn't, isn't, isn't, isn't the big, the big deal to me. It's more of the, now I have a platform and start it and help start something that can possibly change somebody's life or save somebody's life. Um, let's, let's plug in your platform right now. What's the name of the group? Um, what, uh, what's the user count like just within a couple Sure. Of the user group is, uh, CF masters strong. Um, I started it through the CF masters, um, platform that you guys had already created. Um, I am a baby master, <laughs> um, that you guys call. Um, uh, but I've, I, I failed through the group that it was, it has been super supportive and I know for a more mature audience, um, it's easier to put something like this out there. Um, you know, younger, younger, the younger generation and not saying that they're much younger than I am, but you know, this is something that they can get on board with as well. But I think it's, it would, it was easier for me to reach out during that because a, a lot more life experience has, has been played out within that group. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, I want to get into a lot more of that. I'm just kind of wondering, Deborah, um, you reached out, what, a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, and you said, hey, you wanted to talk about, um, you know, your life and and being on medication and so forth. Can And it's a different story than Josh's, but it's still about mental health. And I think that's the thing is there's a wide range of stuff that we'd like to talk about here. Can you share with us a little bit about your story and, and why you want to be, you know, sharing your story with people? Yeah, sure. So I'm 57, well, 57, um, <clears throat> And I probably had my major depressive episode when I was in college at the end of uh, my first semester uh, of my fourth year, but I graduated. So when I, like Josh, I was like, you know, straight A student expectation, you know, there was never an expectation you'd ever bring anything home. Um, and so I was, uh, I'm a journalist and I was an editor at the school paper and didn't get elected as the editor in chief. And pretty much that semester was just, would go to class, see my boyfriend, go to bed. I didn't recognize what that was. And, and most of my adolescence, I'd been extremely moody and irritable um, and prone to outbursts. So, but the, the really first time that things got serious was probably, was a few years later. I was, um, I think I was four, 25, 26, separated from my practice marriage husband, um, had a two-year-old, we were sharing custody, had a really, really stressful job, was working about 70 hours a week, um, plus, you know, when I had him, was in a great relationship with a guy, um, we were actually engaged, um, and just to give you a sense of how bad it was, so, like, in October of that year, I decided that 
I was just really, really stressed and it would be better if he and I broke up. So I told him we were breaking up. He had to move out. Um, things got worse with me and I kept spiraling down, but I had to hold it together because I had a two, two and a half year old. Finally, I went to see somebody and she said, you know, have you ever heard of this drug called Prozac, which it was probably only a couple years old. And I'm like, no, but at this point I'll do anything because I was starting to get really scared. <clears throat> so this was about early December. She started me on the medication, or I saw a doctor who started me on the medication. And just to give you a sense of the difference that made in my life, um, my our wedding anniversary is January 11th. So when I started on the medication, we weren't even dating, my current husband and I. Um, Although I was still seeing, I'd go over to his apartment and cry on his couch. Um, but as soon as I started taking the medication, as soon as about two weeks after I took the medication, it was like somebody just, the sun came out. I mean, literally it was night and day. It was like, you haven't been able to see outside the window and now the window is clear. And we got married a month later. Um, we've been married 29, we'll be celebrating our 29th in, um, I've stayed on medication except for being pregnant. And whenever I've gone off it or um, it stopped working, I would get back into another depressive episode. So there's a lot of discussion about medication for depression and anxiety. And mine is, mine is, is depression. Um, I didn't have any anxiety until, <clears throat> until this year's, until the 2000s. But um, so really serious depression. Um, and people are like, well, if you exercise, if you, you know, get sunshine, if you just take care of yourself, medication is just placebo. It is not. It is life-saving. It is as life-saving to me as if I had diabetes and um, needed insulin. So um, through the years, I've had to switch different medications, which is horrendous. But I've been stable now for five or six years. Um, and every morning when I take it, I'm really thankful. But like I had said in my email to you, I think CrossFit has become, you know, I started CrossFit five years ago too. So I don't know if that's a coincidence or what, but I do think that CrossFit is just as important as a medication. I'm not willing, however, to see if it's one or the other because to go off it and possibly have another major episode, which is a high risk because once you've had one, you're at a significantly higher risk for another. And once you've had two, that risk is even higher. Um, you know, I'm not willing to take that risk. It'd be like saying, well, let's see how I do without insulin. Um, and I'm definitely not willing to take the risk of seeing how I do without CrossFit. I like that story um, because the drugs are so important to helping people, not everyone. And they do get such a bad rap. But when you hear the good stories, like your story, you realize, no, if you get the right drug, if you get the right combination, and I know it's not easy. You were lucky, I think, to, to, to have um, Prozac work right off the bat. That doesn't always work for, for people, but um, I like to hear that story. That's good. It makes me, um, and no, um, CrossFit is, I think, a bonus because you would never be able to get yourself to CrossFit if you weren't on Prozac. You'd probably be at home. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah. I'm on two different medications now. Um, but I also, you know, I do CrossFit pretty much every day. I take a nap. Um, I'm lucky I work from home and I think that helps me sort of reset in the, in the afternoon. Um, Josh, I do drink wine 
um, not willing to give that up, um, but but nothing else. And um, you know, I I have a routine, which isn't to say that there aren't still bad days. There are bad days um, where I literally am. I don't want to go to CrossFit. I don't want to work, but I drag myself to CrossFit because I know that when I walk out of there, I'm going to feel better. And it's it's very rare that that isn't. How did you get to a routine? And actually, before maybe before you answer, sorry, um, just a reminder to folks, this is not anything prescriptive. This is Josh and Deborah bravely stepping up and telling us their stories and what's worked for them. And maybe you can see yourself in them on, and maybe you see something different and, and can kind of take this back to your practitioner that can help you. But um, how did you get to a routine, Deborah? Well, I've been um, a freelance medical writer for 20 years now. So I work from home. Um, and, and I like routine. And so I have a very kind of not rigid, but very set schedule. Um, and part of it is going to the nine thirty or the noon class. It helps break up my day, clear my head, make me feel good about myself, give me energy. And you know, that making me feel good about myself. One of the big things about depression is you, you turn it inward. You hate yourself. You ask yourself, I have a great life. Why am I feeling this way? There's obviously something seriously wrong with me that I'm depressed when there's literally nothing wrong in my life. Um, although, I mean, some people there are, but, but for me, there generally wasn't. And, but yet you would just feel terrible. And so you turn it internally and, and you literally start hating yourself. And I think CrossFit, a big part of it, is it makes me feel really good about myself and what I can achieve. Um, so, so Josh, do you, you actually shared something we talked a little bit beforehand, and I, I think it's important for folks to know is that um, you know, you have a degree, you are working in a more high-stress job, and you've kind of switched up your life a little bit because it sounds like there's more to this than for you than, than you know, there's therapy and there's treatment and so forth, but you had to change up things a little bit. What, what are you doing now and, and how does that affect your life or how does that affect your, your mental health? Uh, yeah, I can jump in on, on that. Um, I've actually, um, just a little bit more on my backstory, you know, once I, even, even once I, uh, got, um, got the help that I needed and found CrossFit, you know, I was still trying to not be medicated and to jump on what Deborah was talking about, um, I talked to my wife and it made sense for me to go back on medication. So I am currently on medication now uh, and it does help. Um, and as for the drinking portion of it, uh, the reason I brought that up is because in the past, like Deborah said, you get into these routines of either bad or good. Um, I would try to self-medicate with uh, alcohol, um, which is not a good thing. Um, so now since being back on new medication, uh, that has gone away and it's helped out my life tremendously. Um, as for my job, yes, um, I have a degree from the University of North Carolina at Wilmington where my wife works. She's the director of international studies abroad, PhD, or a, an EDD, amazing woman. Again, I don't know why she's with me, um, but um, I worked in clinical research for years, building budgets and proposals, um, very high stress job, a lot of 60, 70 hour, maybe even sometimes 80 hour a week, um, work weeks, uh, working on Sundays, mapping clients internal grids, um, then went over to the analytical, uh, chemistry portion of things and kind of had an, another little breakdown. So now, believe it or not, I am 
working for my cousin who I got started in the CrossFit and his life has changed too. So maybe we can talk to him eventually. Um, and now I'm delivering doors, windows, trim, all types of stuff uh, within the Wilmington area. Uh, but it's good because you know what? It's an honest day's work. I go in, I pick up my trucks, I do something really physical and it makes me feel good. Um, that stress is not there. I'm, I'm available for my son and my wife a lot more. Um, you know, I'm more present, even though I'm physically exhausted, my mental, my mental exhaustion is far less. That makes any sense. Can we talk about therapy? I love therapy. I have been in and out of therapy for 28 years, although I've never had any um, diagnosis for depression or anxiety. But um, my mom's been clinically depressed all of her life. My former husband, depressed, alcoholic, drug addict. My daughter, um, she's depressed um, since she was 16. She's doing okay now. But to get through all of that, I realized I had to um, get myself into therapy and talk to someone and so I could help them. Um, I ended up divorcing my husband. Um, I've been a solo parent for 20 years and um, definitely needed a therapist to get me through those times and to help the people in my life. And I don't think, I mean, in Canada, I mean, it's not covered under Medicare that we have or universal, but it, it, there's sliding scales. It's pretty easy to get therapy if you're looking for it. Um, I almost think everyone should be in therapy. What do you think, Ron? Well, I, I think there's a lot there. I, I would love to hear from Deborah and Josh because um, I've been in therapy myself, but what was that thing that finally made you go find a therapist? Because that is a pain in the ass. I'm sorry, but calling these people and saying, is this person whom I've never talked, am I willing to open up my life to them? And, and it's the thing we, I would love to get into in a little bit is, you know, obviously your paths have are very, very different. And, and mental health is different for each person. But so, so Josh, what, what finally got you, uh, wh when you first called somebody, when you first called a therapist, what did you think or what, 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 what was your thought process around that? Because I think a lot of people who have never done that are like, well, why would I do this? How could I find somebody? How would they know? And it's kind of a daunting task. Can you, can you maybe help us, you know, with, with your path on that? Uh, sure. Um, but to start off with, I'm currently not seeing uh, a therapist. Um, like you say, it is very hard to find, especially working with a with a an infant uh, or now a toddler. Um, it's hard to find the time, and when you start a new job, to get that time off. Uh, with that being said, I do believe that when I finally reached out in my early 20s and went to go see someone and actually understand what that I, what I had was a disease it took me a long time to to not think that that it was just me that it was something wrong you know that 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 this was a disease that I have to fight with every day um, I think therapy is great and my wife God bless her she stuck with me through you know me being depressed me you know, not, you know, um, not being the kind of man that she had probably envisioned being with, but, um, you know, she did help me go back and see another, um, therapist. Uh, but like you said, it's a pain in the ass to find somebody. Um, and especially because sometimes you need help now. And the problem I have found, and I don't know if everybody else has found is that if you need help now, it doesn't mean that you're absolutely suicidal. It just means that you need a help, like maybe within the, the next week but you call these places and 
you know, they can't get you in for a month or they can't get you in for two months. And, you know, where, where are people going to go to get the support? That's the reason I wanted to start this group is that maybe not because of that reason, but, you know, sometimes you need immediate help. And if you have like-minded people around you or like-minded people who, who support you and believe, you know, are, are in it with you, then maybe you can get a little bit of, of help just even through our group. Um, like my buddy, Ryan, who's one of the best athletes that I've ever met. Um, he's actually my physical therapist. Uh, but uh, we were talking, he said, you know what, sometimes a smile and just believing in somebody, you know, can make all the difference in the world. And I agree with that hundred percent, you know, CrossFit was my therapy. Uh, my first coach, Keith, who's now a firefighter here in Wilmington doing great things. Um, he sold the gym, but you know, like I said, he saved my life. Um, and this was before we had kids, um, or a child and, you know, I needed something and I was searching for something and I walked into his gym. And from that first day, you know, I knew that that might could, could, it doesn't, you know, it's not the same as therapy, but for me, that's what changed my life. Um, completely. Yeah. Um, Josh, I wanted to say something about the self-medicating, um, for years and years, again, as a freelancer, the more you work, the more you earn. Right. And so as a freelancer, <clears throat> that's that was my self-medication was I became a workaholic, um, even with with three, with three young kids. I mean, I worked weekends. I worked all the time because I had fears about money. And for me, it was literally self-medicating. Um, and it took a really good therapist, um, which was about six or seven years ago, to really help me get over that. Um, I remember saying to her, why isn't there? I mean, I was starting to fantasize about getting really sick or breaking my arms so I couldn't type. Um, and I, I realized that was not healthy and um, just so I couldn't work. And I said to her, how come there's not rehab for workaholics like there is for alcoholics? And she said, well, there is. You need to take a sabbatical. And it had been suggested to me. But this time, again, kind of like you need to start on medication when you're at rock bottom. And I think thinking about hurting yourself just so you can stop working um, is rock bottom, um, even though I enjoyed what I did. Um, and I did. So it was like, it was like rebooting your computer. I took an entire summer off, never done that in my life, never had that much time off, not even when I had babies. So um, that combined with new medication combined with a wonderful therapist um, really rebooted everything and um, totally changed my life. Like my kids are like, I can't believe, you know, that you're not working all the time. Yeah. We find Yes. We find, we find, you know, there's therapy and therapists and so forth, but we also find therapy where you can get it. So for some folks, it's, you know, building cabinets. For some folks, it's talking to a person. I, I don't think it's a, a single thing. And, and I'll open this up to anybody to talk about, you know, it, it's so multifaceted. This whole concept is multifaceted. So, you know, Angela, you said you were in therapy for 20 plus years. Besides talking to an individual therapist, what is your therapy? What, what other things do you do? I meditate. Um, I found my way into meditation through uh, neuroscience was one of my interests. And um, about 15 years ago, I decided, okay, I'm going to take this up. And it has made a huge difference. As well as, um, like Deborah, I'm a, I'm a journalist. I'm a writer. And by nature, that means we read a lot. And we're, we're investigative. And I like to know things. And I basically took it upon myself to learn human psychology and how the mind works, how we function. And 
and apply these things to my life, as well as making sure I have a solid friend network. And I think this is where it's harder for men. I mean, men who, who generally have it easier in the entire world have it much harder in the mental health <laughs> world because at a certain point, if they haven't maintained strong male friendships that are open and if they're, if they're unable to be vulnerable and share real feelings, then they're pretty much left alone. Women have learned, whether it's through nature, nurture, or society, that it's far easier for us to talk to each other and share share some of the big things that are going on in our life, whether it's with our sisters or our friends. Um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I think, and I always feel bad. Like my husband has no. <clears throat> I know a lot of men that don't have, and I think I think I, I've never had like tons of friends, women friends, but I've always had one, at least one or two, very close friends that you can say anything. And besides, I'm the kind of person that says anything to anybody. So, and that's why I try, have tried over the years to be open about depression. I've written about it. I've allowed people to interview me for articles. Um, but I, I do think that's important. Uh, on the therapy side, you know, that first time I reached out, <clears throat> my mother had been in the seventies, you know, kind of you know, when women empowerment and all, and that's sort of when therapy started to be a thing. So I knew about it. Um, and and I, I reached out because I was scared that I really was going to hurt myself. Um, and through the years, I've had <clears throat> two really good therapists that I can think of. Um, the, the last one, you know, we got to the point after two years where I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready to go on a maintenance schedule. And which basically means, you know, I'll check in when I need to check in. And then four years ago, we moved from Virginia to Chicago. And I have not found a therapist yet. Although when I start feeling bad, I put it on my list. Because the thing is, every study will show that therapy plus medication works better than either alone. Um, and so I know that. And it's still on my list to find one. I do have a name. And, you know, I just need to call. But, but like Josh was saying, it's so hard to find the right person. I did go see someone once and I, two, two visits. And basically I was telling her some of my issues that I was having at the time. And she's like, well, you just need to really think positive. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to see you again. <laughs> you know, it had to do with being an empty nester and the, the issues I have about getting older. And she's like, you know, and she was like, well, you can't change that. Just call all your kids more. And I'm like, you know, so I know. So it, it just, it's, it's hard to, um, to find a therapist, but it is worth it, like crazy worth it when you find the right one. And um, medication may have saved my life, but my therapist helped me have a life. Makes any sense. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, I sometimes, if I'm sitting across a new therapist and I realize that she's, oh, a baby master age, I think, really? What the fuck do you know? Come on. Um, <clears throat> but then I have to give them the uh, uh, benefit of the doubt. Uh, but I prefer to have my my therapist, my counselors to be um, a little older, a little more experienced. Um, something does happen, as you say, Josh, why, why you felt more comfortable starting this group with the masters. All of us have been through a ton of stuff. And I know some of my uh, fellow masters who children have committed suicide and they're trying to cope every day. I know masters who are so, we're just a little more soft-hearted, I think, at this age, more able to embrace the huge complexity that life is. And I know how lucky I am to be resilient. Like there has been a few days 
and you guys can laugh at this, where I thought, why, am I depressed? No, I'm just having a bad day. And I realized how lucky I am to have solid mental health and that I can help the people around me who don't. So that's why I was very interested in, in being part of your group because we're all in this together. Hey, can I, can I spin us just a little bit since um, yeah. this is a CrossFit thing? Josh, you said you walked into a box and, and it clicked. What made you walk into a CrossFit box in the first place? Well, to be honest, I've always been um, active and CrossFit. I had seen it on, you know, just like everybody else on ESPN. You're like, holy crap, look at these guys, girls doing incredible things. Um, and my wife, who I'm, I met her at Sand Volleyball, one of the girls that played out there, her boyfriend owned the box. That was cute. Um, so, you know, I was in that mode of where I was, I go from anxiety to depression to, I wouldn't say manic episodes to being like, um, you know, that was kind of, I got into that rut where I would go anxiety, depression, anxiety, depression. And um, I, I was just trying to find anything to hold on to, to, to find something that could be kind of my thing. Um, and luckily, um, Heidi, um, you know, told me about the CrossFit box that her boyfriend now fiance, uh, owned. And the first day I walked in there, um, he told me to come, he didn't, he didn't, what I love about CrossFit, he didn't, or certain CrossFit boxes, he didn't just want me just to sign up. He said, come in and meet me, talk to me, and then we'll go from there. He wasn't pressuring me to, to join. So I walk in and I found out that he is the coach of the, um, the new Hanover County special Olympic weightlifting team too. So they're in there working out. So immediately I feel, you know, just incredibly connected to this guy that he's helping people because deep down, that's what, that's the reason, you know, I started this group and what I've been searching for, um, I guess for 38 years now is that, you know, walking into that box and seeing somebody in, in that kind of shape, helping people that aren't in that type of shape and, not in the same mental capacity that we are and treating them like athletes and equals and supporting them. I mean, that just gave me the biggest, um, I guess, goosebump feeling I've ever had. Um, so walking into that box was a, like Deborah said, you know, sometimes you don't, I have a problem and I'm sure my wife can say this a lot too, is that I had a problem of, Oh, I'm just going to sit on the couch and stay in the house or just relax. Uh, instead of getting out there and doing something. So that was my, okay, I need to get out there here and do something. And I made the courage that day of actually uh, going to the, the gym. And to be honest, when that, when that gym closed down, it, it broke my heart uh, because that was for me and a lot of other people in the Wilmington area, that was our home. And, in, and Keith helped a lot of people just like me that are actually in our group already. I'm not naming names, but he helped a lot of people just the way that he's helped me. Um, so I guess this is more of a me paying it forward, uh, with the support of my family, uh, and my coach and Keith will always be my coach. Um, I guess that's, that's the long answer to your question, Ron. It's your answer, man. And there are no long answers or short answers. It's your answer that, and that's the only thing that matters. Deborah, five years now you've been playing this game. Why, why'd you walk in? I have a completely different answer. I have never been athletic ever. Hated exercising. Started working out at the at a gym. Um, you know, so that I could continue drinking wine. Um, but I, it was so boring. I was doing spin, and then I was doing like you know what did they call it? Tra tracks, TRX, 
Um, and then the coach doing T the TRX started doing some boot camp things. And then he started a tiny little CrossFit in the gym. And someone said to me, oh, you should check this out. It's like, um, like the workouts are really fast. They're like, you know, 10 minutes. And I thought, oh, time management. I can get this in in 10 minutes. And so little did I know, I had no idea what CrossFit was. I'd never heard of it. I was doing some personal training and I asked my trainer and the trainers were kind of opposed to it because they knew it was going to take business away from them. And, uh, and he was not real supportive, but I started like twice a week and then it was three times a week and then it was five times a week. And, um, and it just, at my age to be able to do, to, to see my body change, to see myself get stronger, to do things I never thought I could do. I never picked up a barbell in my entire life. You know, I had never done a burpee until this coach was doing a little boot camp thing. Um, I had no idea. The day I learned how to climb a rope, I was so high I could have flown. I mean, it was probably next to my kids first, one of the greatest days ever because I, I've never, I don't know, it, to be able to continue growing at, at my age. Two days ago, I got my first chest to bar. And I literally almost, I mean, I hugged everyone in the gym. I mean, it's the most amazing thing to be 57 and physically be able to do something new and hit or hit a PR. Um, I can't even, you know, you can hear it in my voice, I hope. It's such a high. Agreed. And, um, I'm just a little bit confused as to why you threw burpees in there. I could go my entire life with never having I, done a burpee. I didn't even know what it was. You know, I, I want you to hear how I had no clue about any of this. And so when I travel now and I travel a fair amount for work and, and pleasure, I have to get a work in. I work out in almost every day, whether it's at the hotel or dropping in. And people are like, oh, you're so obsessed. I'm like, no. I have to do it to, to get to feel better. If I don't do it, I'm going to have a hard time today. A, because I'm not in my familiar surroundings. Um, and I just, if I do it first thing in the morning, so much better about myself. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm obsessed. The uh, chest bar that you got just in time for the, for the open wood. Literally, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just, after the workout on Thursday, I'm just like, okay, every day I was trying to practice and I, <laughs> I did the reverse script and 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 it, which I had tried before, and it just, I just flew up. And I'm like, oh my god! And yesterday, when I was doing the open, the first seven or eight ones I did, every time I got off the bar, I was like, oh my fucking god! I can't believe I did that. And my coach was like, just didn't start wall balls. So, um, you know, it's the um, the wonders of I use the mix grip. I always tell my coach to look away because he hates it. But the mix grip works for me. And I do what Billy Goodson does. I do singles. And yeah, I can't string that shit together. So yeah, and I remember, no, I, no, no, no. Angela, I don't mean to interrupt you. But what Billy Goodson does is he doesn't do the first <laughs> half of the workout. And then he yeah, shows up true. later. That's but that's thing. another story entirely. <laughs> but I also got my first chest bar a few years back in the open. And like you, it was like, what the hell just happened? And uh but, you know, they, it's not like I'll ever be able to string, you know, 40 together. But uh, I leave that for the youngsters. But I don't care. You know what? And, and I want to say something about the master's group. When I started CrossFit, after about a year, I did start to get really down on myself because I was looking at the younger, stronger ones. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I don't know. Is this going to work? And a friend of mine um, who worked out at another gym is the one who told me about the master's group. Because I was saying something to her about it. 
And she said, this is really going to help you. And I can't begin to tell you how much it helped me and helped me understand not to compare myself to them um, and to just focus on me. And because I would go sometimes and get really down on myself. And it still happens every now and again, usually because I've walked in there already, not feeling great. Um, but that master's group helped tremendously. So thankful y'all started it. Um, yeah, we've got to give credit to a few others, Terry and, and Ray, for, for starting it, but for Angela for uh, taking it from 500 to 28,000. But I think one thing you just hit on actually is really resonant with me because it, it is actually a comparison thing. As you said, uh, Deborah, you know, go in and don't compare yourself. But I want to look at, I'm looking at uh, the four of us that are on this call. And, you know, there's Josh, he's 38 and has a one year old. And I'm pushing 52 pretty soon here. And I've got a 13 and a 14 year old. And, and Deborah, you've got three strapping young boys, I believe. I have a 33, almost 33 year old, a almost 27 year old and an almost 24 year old. All boys. Yeah. I saw a picture you posted the other day. I suggest that you teach them all how to shave, but that's another story. I would love to. They have beautiful faces. And then Angela, I know you've got a couple of 20 year olds, but my point being we're all on here talking about mental health and we all have our own challenges with it. And I'm, I'm really kind of hoping if anyone's listening to this, it isn't an age and it isn't a person and it, you know, it can cross all kinds of barriers here. And I think that's really important. Um, and, and along those lines, I mean, Josh, what, what haven't I asked you about that you really want to kind of go into? Cause I think it's important that, you know, if there's something that's, that you want to talk about, let's, let's talk about it. Sure. Yeah. Um, being 38 and being a part of you guys' group, you know, you can feel like an outsider at, to start, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, um, I'm at the different end of the spectrum, uh, like you guys call baby masters compared to what everybody else is going through. Uh, but for me, it was more just a support group. Uh, my mom, believe it or not, it was in her 60s, now does CrossFit because I started CrossFit and because I was coaching and she wanted to try something. And now she calls me every day that she works out and tells me exactly what she has done for the workout. <laughs> and she gives me, and she gives me the weights. She, t she still calls them double and unders, uh, not double unders, but she's trying her hardest. Um, and she believes in CrossFit too, cause it makes her feel good as well. My cousin, who's the same age as me, two days, um, older than I am. Um, he started CrossFit after I did. And I'm sure if we get him on the show too, um, you know, he can tell you and his wife will tell you it changed his life too. And now his daughter does it. Um, for me, I guess, I I could, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I wish I could have got my older son. Um, does it with me when we're around and he has a, a home gym and, and does some, but the other two um, got to the point where I texted the young, the middle one one time about something I had done. He says, and I get this text back. I'm sorry, this phone no longer accepts word CrossFit in it. <laughs> I got so tired because my husband does it with me, which has been amazing for marriage. But, yeah, my um, daughters say that we dress too aggressively athletic for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't, they want nothing to do with CrossFit. They just, mom, that's your thing. I just think that they know that I'd probably beat them in every wad. So they're doing their own thing. Yeah, my younger two younger ones did come to a wad, um, and both of them wound up because they didn't listen when I told them to go slow. But because um, they're boys, 
But speaking of boys and, and my kids, one thing I did want to bring up is because one thing I think people need to understand is that mental health issues are often genetic. Um, they are definitely based in our genes, um, but, it, but environment absolutely plays a role. Um, two of my boys, the first ones are fine, the least one is not. He has been diagnosed with bipolar. He was hospitalized twice, he was in high school, he was a cutter, so he cut himself. Um, and he, after the hospitalization, refuses to take medication. Talk about self, self. I mean, he's doing great in terms of, gra he graduated college, he a good job, um, he's building a nice life, but does recognize that he has manic periods and really down periods. Um, it concerns me that he does self-medicate with pot, um, but again, not much I can do. But he also recognizes, gets exercise, eats right, he tries to get plenty. So again, um, just, I think that's in yourself that you be aware that it could manifest in that it's not something bad that you passed on to them. It's just, you passed it on to them, you passed on blue eyes, you know? Um, but be aware of it and for the danger signs, um, which I don't think is quite aware of. So I'd just like to scream from the rooftops because you said something there, but was key. You said it's not something bad that you passed on to them. Um, you know, we can define it any way. It is, it is bad in that it's something we need to work with, but it is health. Mental health is health. It is, as we've repeated a few times, if you have diabetes, you take insulin and hopefully you maintain your diet, which we all know in CrossFit, diet is a huge component of just being generally healthy. There's a lot of things to this. Um, I, I've got a particular soapbox about this because I do fully believe that being physically active and getting outside helps me. But the other thing is that um, it's not a panacea also. I mean, there are people who need help first, and then maybe they can get some physical activity, but they need some help. And that help could be therapy, that help could be medication. But it drives me fucking nuts when I see people like, oh, if you just walk in the trees, it'll cure depression. No, stop. You know, everybody's different. Maybe walking outside helps. Maybe it doesn't. Find the treatment that helps you. And, and the treatment that helped Deborah is, as we've talked about, is not the treatment that helped Angela, is not the treatment that's helped me, is not the treatment that has helped Josh. And that's one of the challenges in all this. But let's be honest, when we walk into a uh, doctor for anything, they've got a thousand drugs for a thousand different treatments and they mix and match, you know, depending on if you're if your meniscus is slightly torn versus fully torn, they're going to do a different operation. Let's accept the fact that mental health is, is health and is absolutely no different. There are multitudes of treatments. And that's one of the things that's frustrating is we might present as healthy on the outside. And I'm sorry for getting on a soapbox, but I do find it very important. And I, I hope folks feel that that's an appropriate statement to I make. I think it definitely is. And I, when I do tell people about my condition, they're usually surprised. They're like, well, how have you been successful? How have you run your own business? Raise these three boys. And I'm like, you know, there have been times where I'm literally hanging on with, by my fingernails. There, there was one time when it was so bad. <clears throat> I told my husband he should not have to be married to me. And I'm going to leave you because this isn't fair to you and the boys. You know, thankfully, he's amazing, incredible. And you know, taught me down and, 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 you know, we went on from there, but, but, um, just because someone looks good and is, and is dealing with life does not mean that they don't have some kind of mental health issue. Um, and we get really good at hiding it too, I'd say.
Amen. Um, if I can jump in there, um, I have the same kind of the same thing too. Is like when I knew that my wife was pregnant, the worst fear I had was, is he going to be like me? And why would that be a bad thing? Because you're a great guy. And, 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 yeah. um, yeah. just because we have this, in some ways you also have to look at the positives that it brings to you. You know, so many artists, um, were diagnosed or are diagnosed as being bipolar. And there's a lot of question, would they have that creativity if their brains were wired differently? Would I be able to sit in, in front of a computer for 10 hours a day by myself if I didn't have this sense of, um, I like being alone and some of that may come from the depression, I don't know. But your brain, it's a brain disease, like you were saying, um, Ron, and your brain is wired differently. That's not a good or a bad thing. And if your son has his brain wired differently, if there's a negative to it, you, we have so many options these days that we didn't have when I was young um, or my parents were young. Um, you know, my grandfather committed suicide. I know my dad was severely depressed. There was no name for it back then. Um, but there wasn't what we have today. And good Lord, by the time he is 20, um, there's going to be so many better treatments that we're already getting there. So um, the only thing I would say is when, when he starts to get into puberty, that's where I think it, it would most likely manifest. Make sure he understands what it looks like, what it might feel like. My son knew to come to me and say, I need to go talk to someone because I've been very open about my issues. And there's something else too. And, and I'm going to just step in real quick. My uh, oldest has uh, diagnosed OCD and um, it took us forever to figure this out and I could go all kinds of things. But the, the thing that matters is our culture is different now. And I know, you know, regionally things are a little bit different, but, but they wrote a story and in the story they had to put their own biography and it said, and still struggles with OCD. And I, I looked at my oldest and I said, are you sure you want to put this out there? And they looked at me and they said, why wouldn't I? I, I would still at, at the age of 51, not write that. Okay. But that's. Yeah. My son wrote about, wrote about his experiences in his college essays. Um, the younger generation is definitely way more open than, than we the reason I wanted to say that to you, though, is that um, is that there is a different uh, the stigma and that and I think that's the point of this this podcast. The, the stigma is breaking the ability to just step up. And it's always fear. There's always a lot of fear. But the stigma is different in the other generations behind us because they're saying they're getting the message that mental health is health. And and I hope that that is what happens as my kids grow and as your one-year-old becomes a 14, 15-year-old, et cetera. And I just hope that's a little bit comforting. Oh, yeah. I used to say, oh, I used to, say to uh, my friends that I would know I was a successful mother if my children could pay for their own therapy by the age of 30. So we're not quite there yet. Um, I still help my daughter out when she needs to go to therapy because she doesn't have benefits. And I think this is the best the best money I could ever invest is into her health and so that she can live a life of well-being and flourishing. And it doesn't look like mine and it, and it doesn't look like her sister's, but um, it's, she's, she's having a good life and she's able to talk about 
her health. Actually, when she heard I was going to do this podcast, her and her boyfriend, who also has his own mental health issues, says, oh, we'd love to be on that. And I said, no, you're too young to be on my podcast. Get your own. And of course, as a parent, Josh, you're a new parent. As a parent, it's really important that you give your kid enough experiences to talk to a therapist about when they get older. <laughs> oh, well, trust me, he has his hands you. full with me being his dad. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> he is a lot like me. He's very strong-willed. Uh, he's a lot like his mother, too. Um, but that's, I, I guess, for me, to wrap it up, sorry, I got a little choked up there talking about my kid, but that was the kind of mindset I was going through when I was at that point, at that breaking point. Now, my whole mindset is to help people. I, I, I know and I appreciate that we have, you know, Deborah and, and Angela and Ron, all you guys are more experienced and have a lot more information about this. But for me, it was more about, that's the reason I became a coach. I wanted to help people. I want somebody, if they need help or if they need just a, a buddy, if they need a friend, if they need somebody to talk to, maybe in our, in our members, I might not be available because of work. Somebody might not else be available, but just to be able to, to put it out there, to have the, you know, the guts to admit what you have and, and what you're going through will give you power. It gave me power. I mean, I haven't been this happy and I'm not saying I'm depressed now, but I haven't been this happy in a long time because I think that this new group is, is what I can eventually do for my life is to help people. Um, and I'm hoping that, um, that other people get the same thing, uh, out of it and CrossFit and this group. Um, I, I, I really just want everyone to have a safe place to talk. And if you really do need professional help, go seek that. But if you just need a buddy, please just come to them. Um, I've already made three new friends and you know, you guys have accepted me. You didn't know me from Adam. Ron's already called me on the phone. You know, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've texted with him, Angela. I've already, you know, spoke with her, you know, through Facebook, she's helped me build the site. Basically. She basically built the whole site to be honest with you. Um, and Deborah, now I know you, I mean, it's, for me, this is, this is therapeutic for me. A part of my therapy and my recovery is maybe helping other people. And I think that's a big story that we need to find. And I think Ron was sitting on too, is that it's not all the same. It's not apples and apples. You know, everybody's story is different. Everybody's recovery is different. And I think for me, doing this and helping other people is the recovery for me. Uh, but the good thing is that now I already let, <laughs> you know, I let the, the, I guess I opened up the floodgates by, by sharing my story, uh, you know, telling the whole world that you were thinking about killing yourself. You know, that is, that is something that I never in a million years would have thought I would have done. And I am so glad I did at this point. Totally agree. If there's anything anyone takes away from this is we got to get rid of the stigma. Um, and that's why I, I, again, I always talk about it to anyone who listen. And I remember once I wrote a column about how it affected my relationship with my kids when I was really depressed. Cause I would be, I would fly off the handle. Um, there were times I was simply not accessible and there's lots of studies showing kids who grew up with um, parents who have mental health issues, untreated mental health um, have issues. Um, I'm not trying to scare you, Josh. I mean, literally my three boys are amazing um, and, and they're all independent and they really, they, they learned resilience. So. Anyway, what other questions do you have for us, Ron? 
How are you guys on the leaderboard? Anybody on the leaderboard? <laughs> um, I am in about the 79th percentile. And nice. that is my goal is, is to stay within, you know, within the, the top quarter, which I've managed to do the past two years once I turned 55 and started doing RX. God, only good thing about turning 55. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. better than any birthday present. <laughs> and I haven't got to do it. I have not got to do any of the open workouts um, this year, actually. Uh, I've had a nagging shoulder injury. Um, and then now with my new job and everything that's going on, I haven't been able to. Um, and I switched gyms again, um, haven't been coaching. Um, but that's my goal for the year. I think that's, that's another thing that maybe in the, in the future we can talk about too, is goal setting. When you do have, um, a mental health issue, like for me, my wife keeps me grounded and she, you know, says, okay, well you need, you know, she doesn't say you need, but what are you going to do next? You know, you should go to the gym. She doesn't CrossFit at all. She wouldn't ever in a million years would want to go to CrossFit box except to support me. But if I'm not working out, she tells me to go to the gym. Um, but she helps me. She helps me set a goal. What do you want to do? Do you want to do this? My goal for coming up is to get back into coaching. I mean, CrossFit Reignited is my, my, um, my box now in Wilmington and they're great. I mean, Drew and all of her crew, they kind of welcome me with open, open arms after, uh, you know, uh, my other gym shut down, shut down. I just haven't been able to commit fully, uh, to coach. Um, and that's something I want to do. Um, because I, I, I think again, you know, this is part of my recovery process is that, you know, it just took me a little time to kind of transition. I think people with, I, I wouldn't say people, but, uh, the way that my anxiety and depression works, it takes me a little bit of time to, to fully commit to something, um, until I'm ready. Cause I'm always anxious if it's too early, if it's too, you know, if I, and with a one-year-old, you know, coaching at night is not, <laughs> is not easy. Cause I get zero, um, family time. If I do that, it, it gets better. But I have to ask though, uh, Angela, where the hell are you on the leaderboard? Because I didn't do the second wad. I skipped it. Personal reasons, as well as having a ongoing Achilles tendon issue and all those double unders didn't help, but I'm not doing too bad. I, uh, um, I can pull it out everyone now and again, cause now I'm in the 55 plus and yes, Deborah, that was the greatest gift ever when they, Stop making me do the same shit as Tia to me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, I want to ask you a question. We were talking about stigma. Um, are you guys, because I was thinking about this, I am going to post this in my boxes. You know, we have a private Facebook group and I'm going to post that I did this and invite people to listen to the podcast. That's really putting myself out there because I don't think anyone knows. Um, and, and the other thing I'd say listening to you talk about your injuries. My first injury was a couple of years ago with my knee or something, my knee. And I remember talking to my, to my physical therapist and crying and going, if I can't do CrossFit, it's going to kill me. And, you know, mm -hmm. she understood we're all good. Um, I have my sports medicine guy too. Um, but anyway, I want to say, are you going to put this in your private Facebook groups for your body? Oh, totally. Um, absolutely. Um, and I also think, and what I like about the, um, the new group, the master strong is that it's not just for masters. So, uh, you know, we've let, we let young and ends, even 
even as young as, well, I don't know, 25, 26. So um, yeah, I'm totally going to post this in our, in our group because there's some people there that should belong. Yeah. I've already reached out to all the boxes in Wilmington and I've had, um, and I know Wilmington's a very small, small town, but we have, you know, just like everywhere else, a ton of boxes and uh, they've already shared it within their groups. Um, and like Angela said, we kind of had a discussion on Facebook messenger about um, the younger people coming in. Um, I think it's okay, but we have to be mindful um, to, to, to why they're joining the group. I mean, I think that mo for the most part, everybody who's been under the master's age, the coach has reached out to me individually um, through messenger. And, you know, it, they said, I think this athlete can really benefit from, from the group that you're starting. Um, so that's the reason you see a lot of those. But, um, for me, I think eventually it's going to be something that we can expand on, uh, to help everyone out. But, you know, we, with that being said, I need more time to be able to monitor because I think out of everything that, I've, that I've posted or the groups posted, I've only had one troll who had, uh, I, I think she took a, uh, offense to a word that I used in my original post, but um, you know how the internet is. Um, so we got to watch out for that. I should have said this earlier and I'll try and get to it in the intro in case anyone's still listening to this. If we used any words incorrectly in this, i.e. that, that we didn't intend it to be mean or that a professional would use a different word in a different situation, Please, A, accept our apologies, and please, B, understand we are not professionals. We're not treating anyone here. We're trying to share that we all, or some of us, have mental health issues that we work through, and CrossFit has helped us in some level. So, so Josh, you, you really hit on something I meant to say earlier, which is if we're using a word wrong, please let us just, just give us a grain of salt with that and take it and and please put in the comments why I think all of us want to learn. And if we made a mistake, we will learn from it. So just put in the comments or tell us. And I'm Southern. So, you know, a lot of the words that I use may, may come off a little bit differently than what everybody else uh, understands. Jebber, you were going to say something, but I, I, oh, no, I was just going to ask, would it be all right for me to post about the group? And we have a, there's a Facebook group, Chicago area CrossFit um, events, but it's also CrossFitters. And there's also a coaching group, our owners group. So would it be all right to post in there about the group? Oh, sure. Yeah. Post away. I mean, for me, for, for me, it's post away. Like I want, I want everybody who needs help to get help. Um, and I'm sure you guys will agree because all from everyone that we're talking to, everybody's parents, you know, you might not have a mental illness, um, but maybe your, your kid does, or maybe your brother does, or maybe, your wife does or husband does, you know, it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to have a mental illness to join the group. It, you know, I think that the, the big, the big thing for me is just to, to getting the help out there and the support out there. We're not helping in a medical sense, but you know, yeah, post away. I mean, I wish every box in America would join us so that if somebody, I mean, I know for a fact, I've coached many classes to where I see the one person in the back who I know is struggling who never tells me about it, but I try to give them a smile, but you know, they have nowhere else to go. Um, and that's the reason I, I started this group is like, you know, maybe we can reach all those people. If it's a safe place for them to talk and we cannot, you know, guarantee that there's not gonna be trolls out there, but we will, you know, uh, do our best to, to monitor that. 
but you know, if we need to provide a safe place for people to talk. CrossFit has allowed me the opportunity to start a group to reach a lot of people. We have members from the Ukraine, Norway, all the way, I think Ron's in San Jose. We got Canada, we got Chicago. Um, you know, I'm in North Carolina. Um, that's what, yeah, I, I think that's what this group is all about. And I hope that, I hope that it helps somebody, you know, if it helps one person, it's worth it to me. It is worth every second to me. Agreed. And I uh, thanks for, for starting it. And Ron, thanks for focusing on this issue, um, from a CrossFit context, which I think is important. Josh, yeah. we just got to get you to drop the name a little bit more. CF Master Strong is your group on Facebook, correct? Yes. And sorry, Angela, you had some? No, I'm good. I got to go build a fence because I got a new dog coming. I'm about to be a dog oh, owner. Lord. My biological clock was barking and I've answered it. Oh, and see, <laughs> dog, dog is very good for mental health as well. I'm a dog owner too. She's, she's sleeping right next to me. Oh. And I got to go because I got someone coming to power wash my porch. So. Excellent. All right. Uh, we will see you online, guys, and uh, see you in the box. Yes, Bye. Thank, you. thank you so much for listening to Episode 7, Get Off Our Lawn, Mental Health is health with our guests deborah gordon and josh inman if you are interested in josh's facebook group it is cf master strong it is a private group so you have to request to join and it's a controlled environment to enable people to share without any trolls or repercussions if you're in the united states and you or a person close to you needs help or needs to talk about suicide or self-harm please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. And if you're not in the United States, look in your local area. There are people that can help. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Thanks for always taking the time to listen. We really appreciate you. And we hope to talk to you next week. Bye-bye.